Okay, welcome back to Daf Shavua. This week we're going to be continuing our journey through Masechus Yavamos, learning Daf Mem Ches. And the Gemara at the bottom of Daf Mem Zayin Amad was discussing whether or not an Eved Mishukhrar, a freed Eved Kenani, needs to be Mikabel Ol Mitzvos, needs to accept upon himself the yoke of, uh, the yoke of Mitzvos once again in order to finish the Geirus process and to become a full-fledged Jew. So the Chacham come along and the Chachamim say that he does indeed need to accept Mitzvos yet again, whereas Rabbi Shem Menelazar says that he does not. The Gemara then goes on to discuss some of the other unique situations of Geirus that are appear uh, throughout Chazal and throughout the Torah. One of those is referred to as the Eishas Yifas Torah, where the Torah describes in Parshas Kiseitze, we have a man that goes out into battle and sees a uh, very attractive woman and wants to bring her into his house. And the Geiris process of this Eishas Yifas Torah, after she integrates with you and your family and what that looks like, again, a unique situation uh, of Geiris that our Gemara presents to us. And then the Gemara is going to talk about uh, when a person takes an Eved into one's house, the time frame that we have to complete the Geirus of this Eved and uh, what that looks like. And at the end of the Daf, the Gemara discusses some of the other issues that are going to be related to uh, Geirum, their place in the world and their some of their uh, social acceptance um, upon the uh, the rest of Kal Yisrael and uh, some of the uh, the uh, struggles and challenges that Geirim generally go through. That appears at the end of Daf Mem Ches Amad Beis. So the Gemara goes on to describe the source for the Machlokes between Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar and the Chachamim and brings a Pasuk from Parshas Kiseitze. Again, the description is the Ashtar, where the Torah describes the Jewish soldier that goes out into battle and within all of the psychological challenges of being out in battle. So the Torah says, and gives permission for this soldier to bring home a a female prisoner of war and take her as his wife. But before he marries her, he needs to have her shave her head and he needs to have her grow her nails out and commit to a uh, a yerech, some period of time, which the Gemara is going to discuss, of Avelis. the Bali Musar and many uh, Rashi certainly, so they describe that this is a leniency of the Torah during wartime as uh, the soldiers are presented with all sorts of uh, temptations throughout their time in battle. And the Gemara says, and uh, we learn out from the Pesukim in the Torah that we can be makel and we can allow this man to bring this woman into his house and potentially have her uh, uh, transition into becoming uh, into becoming his wife. The Gemara in Kedushin, Daf Chafalaf, tells us that the purpose of all of these restrictions, the purpose of uh, the way in which we uh, treat and uh, interact with the Eishas Yifas Tohar is that the hope is that she becomes unattractive to him and he's going to go ahead and he's going to set her free. After she goes through this process of shaving and cutting her nails. So the Gemara says that she does a tevila and becomes a gioris. And the Bryce tells us that if she wasn't mekabelis, old mitzvos, she didn't accept the, uh, the the yoke of doing mitzvos, then she has to go ahead and do this. But if she went ahead and if she did, if she was mekabelis, old mitzvos, then she can do her tevila and marry this uh, this man right away. So Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar says that we can get rid of the 30 days of Avelos, first by forcing her to do a tevila, and then she becomes a shifcha kenanis, some sort of um, Canaanite maidservant, and then he goes ahead and he frees her, and he makes her do a tevila. He can marry her right away without a Kabbalah Solnitzos. So what the Gemara presents here is that there is a way for one, for a Gioris to join Klal Yisrael without the same level of Kabbalah Samitzos that one would... Uh, initially expect, and the Chachamim think that the HSA Vastoar is going to require a full Kabbalah Samitzos. 
she's going to have to once again re-accept and re-be uh, taught once again about doing mitzvos, about the world of mitzvos, and uh, the Chachamim think that she has to have this uh, full-fledged Kabbalah mitzvos yet again, whereas like we mentioned, the Rishim ben Elazar thinks that she does not. So the Gemara then goes and tries to um, find some of the sources for these rules and presents numerous different explanations uh, between Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar and the Chachamim, ultimately concluding that the Evan Meshuchra, this freed Evan, doesn't need to have this process of Kabbalah Sol Mitzvos yet again. And when the Gemara said that the process of Geras is going to apply to both a Ger and an Evan Meshuchrar, so that Gemara was uh, referring to the Tevila that needs to be done. That the Tevila must be done again, but there doesn't need to be an Ol Mitzvos, a Kabbalah Sol Mitzvos that's going to happen yet again. So the Gemara then presents a discussion and goes into some of the details and intricacies of the Asia Sifas Torah. So what does it mean that she needs to cut her nails, the Gemara wants to know. Is it actually cutting, or is it uh, really having her nails grow out and uh, trying to understand the Pesukim? And this discussion is based on the rule of her shaving her head. Is it for the actual shaving uh, of her head so that she uh, ends up not having any hair? Or is it that we try to make this woman look repulsive in the eyes of uh, this Jew, the eyes of this soldier, ultimately, like we said before, leading him to uh, leading him to free her. So there's actually a fascinating Tosos over here, which definitely has uh, practical ramifications. Tosos over here uh, has a discussion about the, uh, about the following uh, situation and something that is uh, definitely relevant, practically, halacha where Tosos describes the, uh, the prohibition or the thought of prohibition in Dibar Amaschil, lo asaraglov. So throughout that Tosos, Tosos describes the, uh, the possibility and potential of somebody going ahead, a man going ahead and removing body hair. And uh, this is a discussion amongst the post skim and certainly uh, has practical ramifications for it. And Tosos over here sees that removing body hairs in addition to the hair on one's head is something that's going to be completely mutter based on the Gemara. Uh, in Nazir Andaf Nunaches, that Gemara says that you can move hair from your entire body using a razor and that's not going to be a violation of the Pasagav Lo Yilbash Gever Simlas Isha of Beged Isha. There was a suspicion a chashash. Uh, we had to be concerned that a person would be a violation of the Isser of what's called Beged Isha. Kamash Malan says Tosos, no, this is not going to be an Isser of Lo Yilbash Gever Simlas Isha. However, Rabbeinu Tam says this isn't uh, hair removal, and this isn't uh, the goal of removing this hair. Is not mishum tikun. Is not to fix a person's body or to make a person's body more beautiful. But rather, there's something else at play over here, which is leading Tosos to come to the conclusion that it's going to be totally mutter. Says Rabbeinu Tam that the whole entire goal of removing uh, the body hairs that a person has is that could be looked at as a nuisance. It's something that's annoying. It's something that I want to uh, get rid of or get off of my body. And therefore, says Rabbeinu Tam, um, uh, since all we're doing here is removing an annoyance and the goal is not to make our body more beautiful, we seem to accept this practically halacha lemaisa. So often when uh, we're trying to figure out whether something is uh, in violation of this particular halacha, in violation of the halacha of lo yilbash gever simlas isha, so we have to look at the entire context many of the poskim describe. Is the goal of uh, whatever it is that we're doing that could potentially be beged isha, something that's to beautify oneself, 
or is it simply to remove something that's annoying and something that we see as a uh, as a nuisance? Actually, practically, halacha there's a real life Shiloh that was presented to Shlomo Zaman Orbach in Mincha Shlomo Madura Tinyanachel Bey Simon Pevav, where Shlomo Zaman Orbach discusses uh, a person who presented the following situation to him: person has a uh, an odd shaped nose and uh, discusses whether or not he would be able to go ahead and get plastic surgery. The guy describes that he's uh, very embarrassed by the fact that his nose is a little bit uh, disfigured, and it causes him and his family and people a lot of tsar. So the question that Shlomo Zalman deals with based on this tosos, is that considered to be what's called noy goof, going ahead and beautifying oneself, or is it removing tsar from one's self? Again, based on this tosos in Yivamos on Daf Memchas. So Shlomo Zalman comes along and says that we can be make based on this tosos. Since this is totally Mishum Tsar, we're fixing the nose of this person, Mishum Tsar and not Mishum Noi, not to make him more beautiful, it would definitely be Mutter. So Moshe Feinstein, in the discussion of plastic surgery, has a Havamina that maybe there's an issue of Chavala over here causing and inflicting a wound onto one's person, onto oneself. You, you, you go ahead and you uh, you uh, cause yourself to bleed or you cause yourself uh, some sort of other wound. And Rosher says that obviously um, it's usher to be chovel. However, based on the Rambam, the Rambam describes that the Isser Chavala is only what's called derech nitzayon, doing something in a combative way that's going to be a violation of the losase of um the low sase of, uh, of Chavala. So Moshe says that the Isser is to hit somebody in a fighting way, combative way, to cause somebody to bleed, to cause somebody to be wounded in a combative way. And therefore, it would be mutter to get the plastic surgery over here. There's nothing combative. There's nothing fighting over here. So Moshe uh, agrees with her Shlomo Zalman on this particular issue. Shalom Vazner, uh, one of the uh, great Dayanim, one of the great uh, rabbis, the Rosh Hashiva of Shivas Chachmi Lublin in Bnei Brak. So uh, Rav Vazner describes that this is a potential, a suffix sakana, and a person would not be able to put themselves into a suffix sakana anytime a person goes under anesthesia. So there's a level of sakana, and therefore Rav, uh, Rav Vazner Paskin, that in this particular situation, he thinks that would, uh, that, uh, that this would be a, be uh, be a uh, an usher thing to do, a prohibited thing to do. So the Gemara then goes on to ask, what does it mean when the pasuk says uvachsa esavia v'yasima? That this woman has to go ahead and she has to cry this Ashesivastar back to this conversation that she has to cry over her mother her uh, and her father for a Yerech Yamim. Sigmar answers that either she's crying because she misses her actual parents or she's forced to forgo her previous uh, pagan religion, which is based on Ramban and uh, Sefer Dvarim and Parachaf Aleph. That when this woman joins the uh, the uh, the nation, when she comes underneath the wings of Kal Yisrael that she has to forego all of her previous religions and she's uh, stressed out about that. She's disappointed about that. She did relate to her previous religion. So, is coming to teach us that she has to have some sort of avelus, uh, some sort of bechi, some sort of crying. So, Gemara wants to know, when the Torah says the words, Yerech Yamim, so what do those words mean? And what do those words come to teach us? And ultimately, the Gemara throws its hands up, says it's a very good question, and the Gemara leaves it unresolved with the word Kasha. Uh, some of the uh, Rishonim discussed it. Maybe the Yerech Yamim uh, is similar to one of the uh, discussions that we've had previously about Havchana, that maybe uh, she has to wait 
30 days or 90 days or 120 days is a possibility that's suggested, um, you know, uh, and what the purpose and what the goal of that waiting is, uh, the Gemara leaves unresolved. So then the Gemara goes on to discuss whether or not a person can own an Evid Kanani who wasn't Mikabel uh, Mitzos, and all of the conversations that come as a result uh, ultimately conclude to Rabbi Shmuel saying that a person can own this Evid based on the Pasuk of Vayinafash Ben Amitecha, that the son of the maidservant um, will undergo a process of becoming refreshed on Shabbos. So it seems that we are clearly allowed to keep him. And uh, since this, uh, this maidservant who lives with us can have this, um, can have this uh, situation of becoming refreshed on Shabbos, we are able to uh, keep him even though he hasn't yet had a, uh, he hasn't yet had a bris mila. Rabbi Akiva, however, comes along and disagrees with Rabbi Shemal. And Rabbi Akiva says, that is in a situation when we have no other choice. He's brought to us on Friday afternoon, right during uh, Ben Hashemashos. And we can't give him a bris milah. So if we can't give him a bris milah, so uh, what are we supposed to do? We don't really have any other choice. We know that the eighth day uh, falling out on Shabbos is only, uh, and a bris is only going to be allowed for a boy whose eighth day uh, falls out on Shabbos itself. This bris doesn't necessarily have to be done on Shabbos. So Rabbi Akiva says that this is not necessarily a raya. And the Gemara uh, goes on to describe that there are going to be two exceptions in which we're going to be able to keep an Evet in our uh, midst um, with, uh, without a bris mila. So the first exception the Gemara describes is if he initially agreed to be Mechabal Mitzos and then subsequently he changed his mind. So, so the Gemara says we could keep him for 12 months before going ahead and selling him back to a non-Jew. We thought that he was going to be Megayer. We thought that he was going to be uh, uh, come some sort of uh, member of Klal Yisrael. And the second exception over here in which we're allowed to keep the Evid is if the Evid made a condition that he doesn't want to be a Mechabal Mitzvah. He doesn't want to be involved in uh, the family unit to be, uh, be Nechmas Tachas Kanfei Ashkina. He doesn't want to become a member of the Jewish people. So on this Gemara Tosos, uh, uh, earlier actually in the daf, raised the question about potentially just giving uh, an Evid a bris mila bal korcho against his will. And uh, Tosos says that if you're going to force him to have a mila, then he's uh, going to be living in your house. He's going to be michshol uh, us. He's going to cause us to stumble. He's going to cause us to do something that we, uh, that we otherwise wouldn't want to do. And Tosos says that the hava amina, the possibility that we should give him a bris mila bal korcho is simply not a good idea because we don't want to be Megayer somebody and have them living in our house. They don't want to do mitzvahs. And Roshom Zaman Orbach even goes as far to say that this is probably an iser of lifne yiver, probably an iser of putting a stumbling block before somebody. If you just have the person... Go ahead and uh, in the world of Geras say that they want to be a Ger, that they want to be uh, a member of the Jewish people, but they don't actually believe it. They don't actually uh, come to terms with it. So that would be a terrible violation. And Tosos uses the word low tov. That would be uh, awful to bring somebody in who doesn't actually mean and doesn't actually authentically want to join uh, uh, part and join and become part of Kal Yisrael. And that uh, when Tosos says low tov really means that one would be over the Isser of Lifnei Eve.
Dvar. And the Pasuk that Rabbi Shmuel brought, Vayinafash ben Amasecha. So the Gemara wants to know what type of convo we're referring to over here. The Gemara answers that we're referring to what's called in uh, halachic terminology a Ger Toshav. So what does it mean, this uh, phrase, Ger Toshav? What's that phrase coming to teach us? So according to Rashi, a Ger Toshav is a non-Jew who's accepted upon himself not to be Oved Avodazara, but he would still, says Rashi, he would still go ahead and he would still be able to eat Nevelos. So what's his um, Kabbalah's uh, what level of Kabbalah Samitzas does this Ger Toshav uh, need is also a machlokas in the Gemara and Avodah Zarah on Daf Samach Dalet between Rabbi Meir who says that he only accepts again this Ger Toshav only accepts not to be Oviyad Avodah Zarah and the Chachamim say that this Ger Toshav needs to be Mekabal the Sheva Mitzvah Spinei Noach and according to the Rambam Hilchas Yisuri Bia um, Perak Yud Dalet Halacha Zayin all of this is a prerequisite to going ahead and to uh, to live in Eretz Yisrael. Tosos asks whether or not he really uh, is going to be chayef to keep Shabbos, or is he going to be a guy at the end of the day? So Tosos answers that he doesn't keep Shabbos, he really just can't do melacha for a Jew on Shabbos. And what the Gemara does over here is the Gemara presents this possibility and introduces us to the concept of a ger toshav. Who is a ger toshav? What is a ger toshav? And so what are some of the ramifications of uh, having a ger toshav in, uh, in our midst? Sigmar goes on to say that according to Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar, the first shita that we quoted uh, a few moments ago, so no exceptions are made, and we conclude with a statement that we don't trust a ger to live in a uh, bordering city because if we have a ger living in one of the bordering cities of Klal Yisrael, so you may see some sort of weakness in the uh, defense of the Jewish people and go and uh, and report it to uh, some of his former friends. And the Gemara at the bottom of Daf Memches uh, goes on to describe some of the... Uh, Yisurin, some of the challenges and some of the struggles and some of the uh, uh, some of the uh, horrible things that uh, Geirim have to go through, uh, unfortunately, as they enter into uh, as they enter into Klal Yisrael. And uh, the Gemara uh, itself, the Shaklavitaria, concludes over there with uh, with that discussion at the bottom of Daf Mem Ches Amud Beit. So, in uh, many of the discussions and many of the the uh, the Ma'amari uh, Chazal that appear on the daf. So the Gemara um, wants to know, and the Rishonim really want to know whether or not a person can keep a uh, an Evet in one's house who is uncircumcised. And uh, there's a uh, big uh, tumult in the Rishonim with uh, with regards to this, the Rambam and the Rush and the Rift. And ultimately, there's a uh, discussion in the Shulchan Arach in Yoridayim, uh, in Yoridayim, in Simon. Uh, Rish Samach Zion Seif Dalid, where the Shulchan Aruch describes that if a person bought uh, an adult slave from a non-Jew and he doesn't want to be circumcised, that we can keep him for twelve months, like the Shita that we said earlier. But one cannot go ahead and keep him longer when he is a uh, when he is an Aro. You would have to go ahead and you would have to sell him back to the Nachrim. And the Ramah comments over there once again in Yordea uh, Rish Samach Zion Seif Dalid that this is only if he bought him to convert him to be a slave. But if he explicitly stipulated and he made a condition not to circumcise him, then you can go ahead and then you can you can keep uh, this evet as long as uh, as long as you want. And in our uh, in our countries, in our places where uh, you can't just go ahead and you can't just uh, convert any non-Jew, um, it's as uh, if there was a stipulation. It's as if there was a stipulation that was made uh, initially not to convert him. And uh, that is the machlokes over here between the shulchan aruch and the uh, between the shulchan aruch 
Noach and Rama. And that rounds up Daf Memches in Meseches Yivamos. Once again, uh, some of the uh, beautiful conversations as the uh, Gemara goes through, trying to understand the process of Gerus, what the different um, steps uh, of Gerus look like, the Mila, Tvila, some of the uh, more unique cases, the Eshesif Astawar, the Evan Meshuchrar, um, some of the other Ger Toshavs that we, uh, that we have presented in the Gemara, and how that all relates to the uh, greater picture of these sugyas of Gerus that appear over here at the, uh, at the, uh, in the middle, in the epicenter of Meseches Yevamos. That's Daf Memches, Daf HaShavuah.